Good morning, friends. My name is Jessica. Let's stand. We're going to worship Jesus.
Shame 
Let us become more aware of your presence. And I just felt the Lord say this morning, just to ask, do you desire his presence? Do you desire his presence? I'm sitting up here, standing up here this morning, and all I want is Jesus. All I want is his presence, his spirit to fill up this church, to fill up this room, to fill me up. Let's sing that out this morning together. You all the way in the back, all across. Make up your mind right now that you desire more of him. And as you ask, let him fill you up. Expect something. We're not just singing empty words. We are expecting the spirit of the living God to fully dwell in us, fill us up. We just want to become more aware because he's there. He's with us all the time. But we need to become more aware of what he's doing. What is he saying? Oh. 
so love that song. I feel like that is my deepest desire, and it takes a Sunday with the family to sometimes remind me of that. And so I'm so, so grateful to be here together. So grateful to be worshiping as a family. I'm, I'm Pat. I'm one of the pastors on the team here. And, and if it's your first time here, we're, we're just so stoked that, 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 that you're here and, and we want to welcome you. And, and as everyone came in, you received a handout, which in my opinion is just so beautiful. I just love the three little circles, wholehearted, this new series we're in. Uh, just so excited for that. Pastor Mike will be uh, uh, opening up that series shortly here. And and, and, and tucked inside there is this little thing. And, and if you come to Overlake on a regular basis, you know the heart behind this card goes beyond just connection. It's to be able to care well for you and for your family. And so if there's a way we can be praying for you or coming alongside you, uh, let us know on the back and we'll collect these later in the buckets when they get passed. If it's your first time, uh, we do want to make sure you leave here with a gift from us, a delicious gift from us. So hold on to your connection card and swing by the connection center on your way out on the first floor lobby there uh, so that we can get you that gift. And, and let's do this. You're, you're surrounded by some great people. And, and what I'd love to do is give everyone a chance to kind of meet those near you. And, and I was thinking about this. It was just such a beautiful morning outside. Uh, go ahead and rank the beauty of your drive-in this morning on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, with those that you're meeting. So go ahead, meet one another. 10 is a glorious day. 1 was you didn't have your eyes open. Go for it. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Sounds like a commercial, right? Can you hear me now? Hey, I am Mike. I'm uh, one of the pastors on the team. I would love to invite you, Overlake, to grab your notes out of your handout. And as Pastor Pat mentioned just a moment ago, we are starting a new series today. It's called Wholehearted. And today, the uh, message is talking about showing up with your whole heart, showing up wholehearted. And so uh, I'm going to jump right in. There's a couple of verses there on your uh, top of your outline. This is a verse from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and it goes like this. In the New Living, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And then Immediately under that, on your outline, I actually put the same verse, but a different translation from the English Standard Version. And this translation says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And it's interesting. The reason why I wanted another translation there is because some of you, when you hear the phrase, guard your heart instantly, you think to yourself, you know what that means? That means take my heart and lock it away in a vault. You know, take my heart and seal it off and it's safe and, and forget the combination and just make sure that it's isolated and it's, and it's protected. And so that word keep is actually, a, it's a better understanding of what it means to actually protect and care for and guide and steward your heart. Because that's what the verse is all about. We are to care for and to steward well our heart because the verse says, because that's where like the springs of life flow. That's actually the source and, and, and the, the foundation and the direction and the pathway of our life. It all stems from here. It stems from our hearts. And so I just want you to understand as we jump into this thing, this, this series, this journey called Wholehearted, that we don't lock our hearts away in isolation Instead, we care for and we tend to and we steward well our hearts so that we can bring all of our heart with us with complete sincerity and commitment into all of the circumstances of our life. And if you're filling in the blanks, the word for this is wholehearted, and this is what it means. It means bringing all of your heart to bear in all of the situations of your life. 
bringing all of your heart, your whole heart to bear in all the situations of your life. And that's the journey that I want to challenge you to be on, and that's the journey I'm challenging myself to be on, and, and hopefully I am on that journey and walking that road. What I'd like to do is I'd like to start from, with a psalm. This is from Psalm 103. It's the first five verses of this psalm that's really near and dear to my heart. But let's just jump in to this, and we're going to unpack it. We're going to spend some time uh, dissecting this a little bit. It starts, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, you might want to circle that phrase, right? let all that I am, with my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. And so when you look at that verse, uh, you can see that it starts with worship first. And that, as a church, that's kind of how we want to start everything. We want to start with worship first. But notice that the praise that we are to bring to the Lord is wholehearted praise. And so you circle the, the words whole heart. You might also want to circle the word all. Let all that I am, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. And then, he sa the, the, then the psalmist says, and may I never forget the good things he does for me. And the reason why the Bible says that is because, friends, we forget the good things that God does for us all the time. We forget all the time. We're really good at forgetting. And so this verse and this message is that reminder. It's that string on our wrist that we can remember all the good things that God does for us. And this helps us engage our whole selves. It helps us to live grateful and oxygenated lives. So let's just jump in. He starts listing all these things. First, he forgives all my sins. He forgives all my sins. And so I just want you to understand that we can always thank Jesus for his grace because there is never a time when he's not actively loving us, actively forgiving us, and actively carrying us forward. So we can constantly thank him for forgiving all of our sins. The next phrase is he heals all my diseases. He heals all my diseases. You know, I want you to think back over the course of your life. Every time you've ever uh, come down with a cold but then gotten better. Jesus healed you. Every time you've ever scraped your knee and then it scabbed over and then ultimately healed, Jesus healed you. For every small malady you've ever had and you've gotten through, Jesus healed you. For every big thing, like a cancer remission or anything like that, Jesus healed you. And, and, and just understand, the scripture says Jesus healed you. Every time we've experienced healing, Jesus is the one who has healed us. And you might be kind of scientifically minded and you might say, well, uh, no, pastor, that's not true. It's just the way our bodies respond naturally. To, and I say, who made your body, Right? Because Jesus wired this up in the first place. And so every time we see a healing in any way, shape, or form in this life, it's merely a glimpse we get of heaven. It's, it's what the next life looks like a little bit in this life. The next phrase is he redeems me from death. He redeems me from death. And this is because we have a risen Savior who has defeated death. And not only has Jesus defeated death, but he invites us into the fullness of life. So there's that redemption there. The next phrase, he says, he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. The idea of upon your head, right, fall these love and tender mercies. And the, the, the vision that I had in my head this week, it's like a baker sprinkling powdered sugar down over all these delicious pastries, you know. Friends, you're my delicious pastries today. And Jesus is just sprinkling his love and his tender mercies down upon our lives. The next phrase is he fills my life with good things. He fills my life with good things. And for the last several weeks, we've actually covered this idea from uh, James chapter 1, where every good and perfect gift comes down from our Heavenly Father. And so any good thing in our life, it's actually a gift from God. And this last phrase here, my youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, it's so weird what happens to our bodies as we age, is it not? 
I mean, this is just a reality. I know I'm not alone in this. I'll just give you a couple of examples. On Wednesday last, we had a staff party. And we all got together for our staff meeting. We're doing this party in the youth room. And one of the exercises we had to do was a relay race. But we weren't allowed to run. We could only speed walk during this relay race. And so I was a part of the relay race. So I'm speed walking across the floor. And literally, because I did not stretch before I speed walked, I threw a back rib out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, just from walking a little jauntily, I threw my back rib out. L listen, this is not the first time that has happened. Once I was toweling my hair off vigorously after a shower, and I threw my back out. One time I hit my inhaler, my asthma inhaler, just a little bit too vigorously, and I cr got a crick in my neck. And one time, and you've probably heard this story, I, I had a hot sauce, and I threw my jaw out of whack. So... When I read that my youth is renewed like the eagles, I'm just saying I'm very intoxicated by this phrase. But I want you to understand that, that what I sense when I read this and I process with the Lord is that it has a lot to do with or begins with me living with a certain mentality. And you might want to write this down somewhere in your notes that it begins with me living with light and with joy, with laughter and with play, and with full confidence, rather, that the Lord of the universe is with me, and he's doing these good things in my life. And I read and reread Psalm 103 again and again and again, especially this summer. I meditated on it for most of our summer months. And uh, you might remember this. The summer months were a gift to me from the elders and from our pastoral team to myself and my family. And I took that gift of time very seriously. I really wanted to make sure that I lived it with gratitude and with intentionality and, and really sucked the marrow out of those months. And, and, and because some of you know, and I've shared this before, that, that last year was actually one of the hardest years of ministry for me in almost 30 years of ministry. And so part of the, the time was uh, a gift of, of process and of evaluation for me. But I really did try to dive in deep and, and suck the marrow out of life. I, I, I basically, I skateboarded almost every day. I surfed every day when we were down in California. I paddleboarded. I rode my motorcycle all across this great state of ours. I read a ton of books. I read both fiction, Hemingway and Kerouac, and anything Salinger has written. I read nonfiction. I read books on personality and neuroscience and a couple of biographies. I had some really fun experiences with my family, my family members. But what was really, really interesting to me was I, I noticed I was able to do these two different discipleship weeks in Montana with Overlake men. And this was about my fourth summer to be able to go to this retreat and, and to spend the time with guys there. And I really, this summer, felt like my heart came alive. And there, there were these experiences like a pre-dawn hike to this mountain ridge or running a foot race with my buddy Chris, or having a push-up contest with Paul's brothers, uh, one of whom was a professional football player. And I, I might have won that contest. <laughs> Jumping into an ice-cold mountain stream in order to do baptisms that week, and late-night conversations about life and faith and excellence, and the entire thing was just so beautiful to my heart. I have a picture of my buddy Lance and I just walking up to the lodge together. And, and I just want you to know, we're going again next summer. And so, gentlemen, I'd love for you to think about joining us there. There are weeks for women as well. But oddly enough, I'm never invited to help lead those. I also had an experience to, of coaching. I was able to coach a young pastor from eastern Washington. And I've done this before, and I love these opportunities. And, and as, as we were walking through the things in his life and ministry together... And the situations that God was allowing me to use that I've walked through over these last almost 30 years in my leadership journey, it just was a real beautiful kind of a confirmation. And I was blown away at how good it felt to have these conversations. And so I realized upon coming back into the swing of things here at Overlake that I needed to start working with the elders to switch some of my responsibilities in order to spend more time working out of these greater spaces in my heart to engage more of my whole heart. Because friends, you see, there is an empowered, wholehearted way for us to live. 
And this is what Jesus actually invites us into. And, and so I've been given permission and blessing from the elders to put together a book project and a sermon series that uh, I'll introduce to you all in the next year with this theme. But I want to tell you right now, at the heart, at the foundation of it, it's, it's seeking to live wholehearted. Kind of a 360 degree way that we live with our whole heart. So I want to buzz through some things that God showed me over the course of this summer and actually in the form of some mantras, some practices that he brought me for living wholehearted or whole being living, trying to get this 360 degree excellence. And, and so these are the things that I have been putting into my life and living as a practice uh, daily. So here they are. I just want to share them with you. The first is everyday soul care. Everyday soul care. You cannot do this life without taking care of your heart without stewarding well your heart. And so that's why the message started with that verse from Proverbs 4, that we have to take care of this heart because our entire life flows from it. Here's another verse. It'll be on the screen, Proverbs 27, 19. says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. In other words, the scripture tells us that this, this heart is actually who we are. This is who we are right here. And so we must care for it and we must talk more about what soul care means in the coming weeks. And, and we'll go there. The next fill-in is, is everyday active. Everyday active. I just made a decision that every day I was going to move my body somehow. I was going to do something every day. And, by the way, I'd love for, for you to write this down somewhere. It all counts. All movement counts. Even the little things, like taking the stairs instead of the escalator. Even the little things like parking a little bit away from the door and walking across the parking lot. You know, every little bit counts. And, and, and what I decided is I, I have been gifted by God. You know, he made me kind of athletic. And, and so I wanted to experience my life as an athlete and caring for that. And so part of that had to do with diet, and, and I just mean broad strokes. I'm not like on a diet, but as, as far as being a little bit more careful, more greens, more proteins, less desserts, or at least a few less desserts. Um, you know, I turned 49 this summer, and it was kind of a big deal to me. And, and so I wanted to give myself a gift as I turned 49. I wanted to give myself the gift of abs over my 49th birthday, and I did. You know, as, as far as you'll ever know. Uh, but but I've tried to take this seriously. Just like the soul care, I've tried to take this everyday active seriously. So, for example, last Wednesday, I didn't have a chance to swing by the gym or hit the trails in the morning, which is my normal routine. And so, uh, because we had meetings and other things. So in the afternoon, it happened to be sunny that afternoon, and so in the afternoon, I thought, I, have, I haven't done my everyday active today. So I went, I opened up my trunk, that's where I keep my skateboard, and I pulled my skateboard out, and I just ripped around the back parking lot for about 35 minutes, just getting my heart rate up, getting a little sweaty, just, just doing something before the Lord to steward my physical body, because I want to care for my soul, and I want to care for this body that houses it. Does that make sense? So everyday soul care, everyday active. The next is everyday friendship. Everyday friendship. And I just want to say this. I know many of you already know this, but it's too easy today to become isolated and to not connect with friends. And I don't know if this is just a male thing. I actually don't think that it is. I know many moms, I talk to moms with young kids who also have a tough time with this. And I, I just also know that our culture gives some kind of a preferential treatment to the hero who's totally independent, to, to that isolated hero who doesn't need anyone's help for anything, who doesn't ever share what's going on in their heart, who doesn't ever reach out to anyone for some help. There's this kind of cultural elevation of that kind of an isolated, independent hero. And so it's too easy to fall into that trap. So for me, every day is a challenge to reach out to someone in friendship. And in this season, I've had, I've had some really good friends. Pastor Pat has become just such a dear friend. Pastor Josh, uh, our chairman of the elder board, Mark Bauman, who you'll see in a little while, uh, and Elder James Whitfield. These men have become so precious to me. I've got a good buddy named Christopher who lives in Denver. And so every day I reach out to one or more of these guys, whether it's a phone call, a face-to-face -face interaction, some texting back and forth. It's just too important, and I can't remain isolated, and neither can you. So everyday friendship. The next one is everyday kindness. And when I say everyday kindness, I hope you know what this means is this is a standard I'm holding myself to. 
It would be great to experience kindness every day, but that's not what this is about. This is about me demanding it of myself. Regardless of how difficult circumstances are or how rough, you know, interaction with other people is. Because I'm the one who has to deal with myself when I look at myself in the mirror. And I don't like me when I'm not kind. And so for me, this is just a non-negotiable. This is something that I'm going to require of myself every day. Kindness. The next one is everyday learn. Every day I want to grow. Every day I want to stretch. So for me, things like podcasts, TED Talks, books, creativity exercises. And there's a way to do this. I know some of you are thinking, oh, man, if I have to do all these things, it's going to take all this extra time. On this factor, anyway, I, I use what's called NET. NET stands for no extra time. So in other words, I'm listening to a podcast while I'm driving somewhere. I'm already driving somewhere. Why not just use that to learn? Does that make sense? If I'm doing cardio, that's when I listen to sermons or messages or, you know, that's when I listen to audible books because I, I'm already doing the activity. Now I get to learn so there's no extra time required in order to learn. So maybe that would be helpful for you. The next one is everyday grateful. And this is a part of my soul care, to be grateful every single day. You've probably heard me talk about gratitude. I always try to begin my time with the Lord with gratitude. But recently I have also been trying in my relationships to let the people in my life know how very much they mean to me. And then the next fill-in here is the phrase everyday progress. Everyday progress. And actually, everyday progress, this is, could be the sum total of all the others we've just talked about. But I would suggest to you, it's also, it's also an intentional stepping into a preferred future. So it's, it's thinking about where it is that God's calling and, and making an intentional step, whether it's just a conversation, whether it's connecting with someone with a prayer, whether it's a text, some kind of a movement into what might be next. And here's a phrase I'd love for you to mull over uh, over the course of the week, that if you make a little progress every day, you build a lifetime of progress. If you make a little progress every day, then over the course of your life, that is a defining characteristic. So these are my mantras, and as I processed them this week, I knew I was going to share these with you this week, God actually brought two additional things to mind, so I'll, I'll share them with you now, about living wholeheartedly. The next one here is the challenge to risk trusting another person. Risk trusting. Brene Brown says this, she, she defines trust. She says, trust is choosing to make something important to me vulnerable to someone else. It's choosing to take something that's important to me and then make it vulnerable to someone else. And every time you trust another human being, it's a risk. You know this. Every time you trust someone else, it's a risk you're taking. And friends, I hope you hear me say this clearly, not everyone in your life is trustworthy. Right? Not everyone is trustworthy. And this aspect of relationships, we'll actually be covering next week about wholehearted relationships. But this is where friendship and connection and intimacy are all born here. And so the challenge for us is to live a trustworthy life, right? to be trustworthy, but then also to risk trusting with safe people in your life. And I just want you to know, I've been having some very trusting conversations lately about hopes and dreams and about future, and it's a little scary. But these risk-taking trust conversations are bringing life to me. And the last villain here is the challenge to pursue authenticity. Pursue authenticity. And I've been doing a lot of work over the last six months with a counselor, and one of the things that we have talked about is that there are actually three spaces that human, human people, human, human people, that's redundant, uh, <laughs> How about just people? People can live. And so I'd love to have you write them out on, on your notes here. Just kind of make a, a spectrum. Because at the one side of your page, you might want to write the word selfish. Right? There's a selfish way to live, right? A me first way to live. It's my agenda first. It's very pride driven. This is where the narcissists live and it's not a good space. And then on the other side of the page, I want you to write the word selfless. Selfless. And of course, if you've been around church world for any length of time, I know I've talked about this before. The idea is we champion selfless and we champion putting other people above ourselves. And we, we champion caring for others and valuing others as more important than we are. And th these kinds of things. And it's a humble posture. And so I get all that. There's scripture that, that backs some of that up. But there's a problem with all of this. And, and the problem is because Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as we love 
ourselves, right? So what Jesus actually tells us is there's, there's this middle space, which is really the healthy space to live. And if you want to write this phrase down, write down self-honoring. Self-honoring. Because this is actually the healthy space for all of us to live. And out of this self-honoring space, we can actually honor Jesus, and we can honor others, and we can honor ourselves authentically all at the same time. And this is where our health is. This is where our wholehearted living comes from. Because on the one side, if all we do is try to live out of this selfless posture, then we end up becoming doormats and codependents, and there's all kinds of unhealth that exists here. So I don't want that for you. I also don't want you to become a selfish jerk, right? Like, I don't want that for any of us as well. So we need to find and define what this self-honoring space is and live authentically there, having a deep respect and a kindness for yourself as well as for the other. And understanding this helps us move toward the authenticity that Jesus challenges for us. So every step that I'm taking in this season is, is an attempt to live more deeply present and more authentically. And for some of us, we have gotten so used to living out of this sense of a false self that you might need to write a breakup letter, okay? Like, check this out. You might just need to write a letter that says, Dear Fake Me, It Wasn't All Bad. Right? We had a good run. I know you were trying to protect me when you kept me from admitting I wanted to break free from the life I had created for myself, that I wasn't living in alignment with my heart and my faith, that I wanted to make radical changes in my life. Plus, there were all those times we spent running around after other people, doing things we didn't really want to be doing, trying to please others. And you stopped me from living my highest and best life by making sure I was too afraid. That's what really held us together all this time, you know, fear. Fear of being seen, fear of being disliked, fear of not being loved for who I am, fear of not making my parents proud, fear of not being seen as successful. But now, and I hope you won't take this personally, we've grown apart. Remember that time you said I couldn't show my real self to the world, that it's not safe to be me, it's not safe to shine my light, even though I wanted to so much? I always thought you were looking out for me, but really you were controlling me, and I was too scared to tell the difference. So now we're through. I'm ready to be the version of me that shares what's really going on inside of me, that doesn't do things to try to appease others. I'm ready to stop being inauthentic and start being myself fully, brilliantly, flawed as I am in all my glorious mess. Sign the real me. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Just break up with the fake you, okay? Just, just break it off. Ask yourself, where am I out of alignment? Where, what do I need to adjust in order to be more in line with who I actually am, with the one wild and unique you that is made in God's image, pursued by Jesus through the ages. You see, you, that if you don't lend your unique voice and passion, if you don't bring your perspective and love, then the world, then the kingdom of God suffers because of your silence. We don't need a, a carbon copy of anyone else. We need the original masterpiece that is you. And I've been doing a lot of work around this issue. Uh, and these days, I'm trying to make sure that every step I'm taking is a step toward a more wholehearted way of showing up. And so I'd love to share with you what that clearly means uh, in my own life. As we've been talking with our elders and pastors over these last few months, I have realized that it's going to mean a transition for me a shift to focus more on teaching than on being the lead pastor. So it'll be a stepping away from the responsibilities and the mantle of leadership that has inadvertently pulled me so far away from why I went into ministry in the first place. Friends, I went into ministry to point people to Jesus. I mean, that was the original motive. I, I went into ministry to help people love God more and experience God's love in their life more. I mean, I hope you know this, but Mike Howerton is made to encourage and to inspire and to give hope. And I pray that's what you've received from me throughout the years. But from the very beginning, I just want you to understand that institutional management was never on my radar. I crammed two years of seminary into seven and a half years. It took the first service a little longer to get that. But never once in that time did we talk about budgeting or large staff management or conflict resolution between members. And, and, I, and I've had several conversations with the elders and with our organizational leadership team. And together we've come up with a game plan where my function and role will be changing from lead pastor to teaching 
with more and more time and space given to writing and building a coaching and speaking platform outside of Overlay Christian Church. So what this platform will be around is leadership, personal excellence, and communication. So I would love to encourage you to be thinking and, and let me know if I could serve you or your organization around these topics at all. But the elders are giving me permission and blessing to work on a new book project, which I really am excited to share with you in the next year. And this will be a real change as I'm stepping away from lead pastor responsibilities, but in some way it, it won't be so much of a change because I'll continue to be on the teaching team, so I'll be here in the pulpit as well uh, as we walk through this transition period. I want to be clear that this is a conversation that I'm leading and the elders and the pastoral team and our staff have all been loving and fantastic as I'm seeking to, in a more wholehearted way, get back to the reason why I went into ministry in the first place. And it has been an emotional journey for me, friends. However, I'm just as confident that God is leading and carrying me onward as I was 15 years ago when God first brought me to Overlake Christian Church. And there is some sadness because I love you all and I love this incredible church that I've invested my heart into over the last 15 years. But there's also a real sense of excitement as I sense the Lord moving me back toward my first love, drawing me to fall more deeply in love with Jesus and leading me into the things that I feel like God has deeply wired me for. All this means that more than ever, I'm trying to embody these verses let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle. I'd love to finish our time together this morning with what I call a gratitude exercise. And so I'd love for you to think about three things. Hold three things in your mind that you're grateful for. And I want to give you a little instruction around this. The first thing that I want you to, to now draw into your mind is something that you would define as a big thing. Maybe it's a relationship with your spouse. Maybe it's your relationship with your children. Whatever you count as big things, these are the big rocks that God has blessed you with in your life, the things that are really priorities for you. Think about one of those things. Hold it in your heart. You're going to be grateful for it in a moment. And now what I intentionally want you to do is go to the opposite spectrum and think of something very small. A smile that someone offered you. Think about a flower in your yard. Think about the colors of the, the trees as you drove into church today. Something very small, something everyday, something ordinary. And the reason why I want you to do this is because sometimes if we focus only on the big things, we miss out on all of the small blessings that God fills our lives with. So think about something small intentionally. And then the third thing that I want you to hold into your, in your mind at the same time is a way that God has touched your life through Overlay Christian Church. I want you to think about a way that your perspective has been changed because you've been on the journey of faith here. I want you to think about a way that maybe your children have been blessed by our student ministries or Kidtown ministry. Think about a way in which God has inspired you or moved you, a way that God has taught you something or just met you personally. I want you to, to think about some way that he has touched your heart or encouraged you or answered you, maybe through a, a service or a ministry or a sermon at Overlake and maybe even through a pastor who loves you very much, and who loves Jesus. So why don't you hold these things in your heart right now, and let's pray. Dear Jesus, with all that we are, we praise your name. With our whole heart, we come now, and we worship you. You are the one who has given us all the good things in our lives, and right now, we are thinking of three things very specifically. We just want to say thank you, and we want to elevate you, and we want to praise you and adore you and tell you how grateful we are that you are the one who has given us these things as well as you have forgiven us, and you are redeeming us, and you are providing for us, and you are renewing our youth, and we are so grateful for all these things. We know that you are the source of all of them, and so Jesus, today we thank you and we trust you, and we love you. 
And we pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Friends, why don't you stand right now and let's praise him together. Can we just thank Mike for the 15 years of just leadership and heart? And we love you.
just love the, the words there that are just about trust and great promise and assurance that, that we just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we follow him. And I don't know of a better role model than that, than this guy right here. I love you, man. Well, in this moment, you can find your seat, and, and as you do that, go ahead and grab that connection card that I was mentioning earlier. And, and again, if it's your, your first time here, we really would love the chance to get to meet you in the Connection Center and, and, uh, and, and get you a gift in your hand. And, and in a season like this, where there's just a lot of questions and things like that, communication's key. And so we would just love to know, everyone in here, uh, what's, what's your best email? You know, it's a good, good time to update uh, uh, these connection cards now. And, and then on the back as well, what, what are things you're walking through? What, what are things that, that maybe are happening in your home or your neighborhood? What are ways we can be coming alongside you? We, we would just love to know those things. So, so please take a moment to, to maybe finish filling out the back. And, and as you're doing that, just a, a couple things. One in particular, there's such a great season ahead in really applying what Pastor Mike was speaking to. In, in particular, the one that really popped out to me was the everyday learn. If, if you look in the handout, there's great learning opportunities coming up. And um, a couple on Thursday nights here in November uh, related to some justice issues that we need to, we need to be uh, apprised of. We, we need to be learning about. And, 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 and then there's some other great learning opportunities even, even looking into next year. So, so make sure you, you check out the handout. And, and, and then the second thing I'd love to mention too is if there's any way we can be praying for you before you leave this morning, we, we, we have the prayer room, the prayer alcove is open on the second floor, and, and, and we have signs that will direct you there. And let, let's do this. Ushers, I'm going to invite you forward. We'll, we'll co collect these, these cards as well as any gifts, tithes, or offerings, just another expression of, of, our, of our worship. And as that's happened, I want to invite up the, the chairman of our elder board, Mark Bauman. Well, good morning, Overlake. As Pat said, my name is Mark Bauman. I'm one of the elders here uh, at Overlake, and it's a privilege uh, to, serve, to serve with all of you. You probably are experiencing maybe a little bit of, of emotions, mixed emotions, questions, and uh, you're exactly in the same space that, uh, that the elders and pastors have been in as we've journeyed with Mike. And uh, we were reminded this morning, actually, during a time of prayer here in the worship center before the service, uh, Pastor Phil mentioned that reminded us of Jeremiah 29 and that God has plans and purposes, a future and a hope for each one of us, for Pastor Mike as he presses into the call that uh, God has revealed to him, and for the body here that calls Overlake home. So even before we walked in today, God had those plans and purposes, and they remain the same. So I'd actually like uh, Pastor Mike to come up and join me, as well as any of the other elders that may be in here this morning. Um, you may have some questions. I know that uh, several of us got asked questions in between those services. So just know that uh, there'll be a, a communication that goes out later today, an email from, from Pastor Mike, uh, sort of sharing what he just shared uh, today. And uh, it will probably answer some of the questions you may, you may have already. Uh, but yeah, Mike. It's hard to, it's, uh, it really is mixed with joy for Mike. And... Uh, and, and just, uh, we know that there's, you know, a transition, and those aren't always the easiest. Um, so we love you. I want to thank you, as Jessica did for 15 years, and we know that this is just part of the transition, but I just want to take this moment to acknowledge 15 years is just amazing uh, ministry here, and uh, the impact that you've had on my life and my family's life, and I you know those of us around, so, so thank you very much. Um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of good memories <laughs> come, come flooding back. Um, so yeah, so we will have, uh, like I said, the communication that goes out um, around the elders' table. Recently, when we were meeting, uh, the elders were going around and just sharing how they were processing as we were approaching this this Sunday. And uh, Jeff was sharing that when we look at what God is doing, when we look at this from a like a kingdom perspective, this is like an expansion of God's kingdom. Uh, Mike is being led by the Lord into this new season that he's communicated and shared with this morning. So we all benefit from that being part of the body of Christ. So in the mix with the sadness, there is this great hope and expectation that God is at work 
through Overlake, through Pastor Mike, and we're all part of the same body. So there's amazing things ahead. So, yeah. Yeah. so if I could ask you to stand, and we're gonna, I'll pray a blessing over us, and, uh, and then uh, we'll uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend, and we'll be around, so if you have questions or hugs. <laughs> um, but yeah, Father, we, uh, we just celebrate. Um, what you are doing here through Overlake. We thank you that you do have a specific call and purpose here on each of our lives and on Pastor Mike. Well, we know, Lord, uh, that you hold us in your hand and that we're a splendid crown for you, that you delight in us, in each one of us. So may we leave here today knowing that we're your children and that you hold us in your hand and that you delight in us. In Jesus' name, amen.